Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal. Develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super-fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com Knives, machetes, saws, and shears, multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. If you like going a certain way, then be bold and do it. Daniel Ricciardo. I think we only ended up doing like 14 miles that day, if that, just because that section we knew was going to be so bad. There, I actually ended up falling like into the water where we were standing trying to figure out where the trail was because we couldn't figure it out. And I lost my balance and I keep my phone in my fanny pack and it was on the outside pocket. And first thing I did, I was like, I'm losing balance. And I like, through my like had held up my phone into the air and my friend or well actually my boyfriend now uh flush he grabbed my phone to make sure my phone wouldn't get wet and so but yeah my pack got wet and luckily my uh sleeping bag did not get wet at all because that's at the bottom of my pack and i got real lucky i could have gone completely into the water and everything would have been wet i'm doc and this is the john freaking mirpod Welcome to the John Freakin' Muir Pod. Lace up those boots and sling on the pack for a romp through trails, short and long. With your host and renaissance man, Doc, it's time to embrace the suck. Welcome back to another week on the trail. I'm Doc, and this is the John Freakin' Muir Pod. Let's start off with a reminder. If you are enjoying the podcast, take just a minute to help us out. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. And if you're not enjoying the pod, well, just go ahead and keep that to yourself. All right, let's get to this week's guest, a through hiker with long trail experience who is currently out. Well, she's not currently out. I think when I wrote this episode outline, you were currently out on the Florida trail and we're going to do something. We're going to do an interview from the trail, but that was, that was a while ago. You've, you've had a lot of uh, different miles under your, under your feet since then. In fact, Kayla, um, this was originally scheduled to be a season three, episode 40 episode. And here we are in the latter half of season four. This is actually season four, episode 30. So 40 episodes have come and gone since the time that I thought we were originally going to talk. So this has been a long time in the making, and I know it's going to be worth the wait. So welcome to the John Freaking Your Pod, Kayla Bold. How's it going, Kayla? It's going good. How are you? Fantastic. Now, where are you calling in from right now? Um, I'm home in Texas. I'm living right now just north of Austin in a town called Round Rock. Round Rock. That sounds like a great, that's a great town name right there. That could be a good trail name for uh, someone on the trail. Well, maybe. No? Not for me, though. <laughs> no, no, not for you. Not for you. You have a trail name. Uh, I do. What, what is your trail name? And tell us a story behind it. Um, my trail name is Nugs. Uh, it originally is, was Nuggets because I ate a lot of chicken nuggets um we but we shortened it to nug nugs because nuggets was just long um and i just many, don't too eat many chicken nuggets that, yeah many i just don't eat chicken nuggets as much so okay all right hey have you listened to the podcast at all uh i was i have episodes downloaded but i just unfortunately just never 
That's okay. I don't really listen to podcasts as much while I'm hiking. I usually just do music because it's that way I don't have to like really pay attention. If I, you know, zone out, I don't, you know, miss anything. Yeah. I have a feeling a lot of my listeners don't pay attention anyway, so that's okay. <laughs> hey, um, I only ask because I want to make sure that you are aware of a segment towards the end of the episode called the pro tip insight of the week. And that is where I will turn to you and I will ask you for some trail wisdom for our listeners to, uh, to make their next outdoor experience even better. So don't be surprised when we get there. All right. Okay. And, you know, of course you're expected to drop trail wisdom all throughout the episode. So I can do that. You can do that. Okay. Yep. Excellent. The must bring gear review. Oh, there's half calf uh, reminding us that our next segment is the must bring gear review sponsored by the ultralight backpacking gear company, six moon designs. And here's how it works. If you were to let a stranger pack your bag with pretty much generic gear for a multi-day hike, what is the one specific piece of gear you would insist on being packed? And if you've got a particular brand for that specific piece of gear, even better. So Nugs, what is your must bring piece of gear? Oh, that's tough. Um, probably my Hyperlite pack. I love it. I've tried other packs before, but the Hyperlite, I use the Southwest one and it's just super comfortable, packs very well and holds like whenever my pack is really heavy with five days of food and three and a half liters of water, mm-hmm. it's not that bad. So I would, that would be probably my absolute, I have to have that. Okay. And how many packs did you go through before you settled on, on that one? Um, I think three, I think that was my third one that I tried. Third time's the charm. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and what is your base weight when you're on a, a long trail, like the AT or the AZT? Um, probably about 11 pounds. Oh, nice. Do you consider that ultralight or you think you can get lighter than that? Oh, I could get lighter, but I'm more about comfort than being ultralight. Okay, great. It's the hiking pole. Okay, onto the hiking pole. Now I have changed the hiking pole a little bit this season. So uh, I know you have some, you might have some questions in, in the, uh, the episode outline that you think I'm going to ask you, but those questions have changed. So I'm going to keep you, keep you on your toes here. This is actually, uh, these questions are designed to let me know um, in your normal life, not on the hiking trail, but uh, on your, in your normal life, what is your level of sanity? And so these, these six or seven questions here are going to help me determine how sane you are with <laughs> 100 being completely sane, the most normal person I've ever met, met uh, to number one, you're absolutely bonkers. You ready? Okay. Mm-hmm. Which, which side of the scale are you hoping for? Um, I'm hoping I'm sane, but I don't think that's going to happen. Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> there's already there's already a 20 point deduction for anybody who's done a long trail like the at so your highest possible score at this point is 80 all right all right don't don't be upset by that that's just your part of, oh. it. Part of it. okay here we go first question in your everyday life do you sleep with your socks on sometimes mm. <laughs> all right most of the time, no, but there's been times where I'm like, oh, it's really cold. It just okay. kind of depends on if the AC is on too high or not. Okay. So it's temperature based. Yeah. Temperature based. Okay. That, may, that makes sense. I mean, you can explain your answers to, you know, kind of give some context and background here. Okay. okay. Next question. Does pineapple belong on pizza? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. And you're not a fan of pineapple on pizza. I don't even like pineapple. So... <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Making my notes here. Next question. Do you roll your toilet paper over or under? Over. All right. All right. I like that answer. That's a good one. That's a good one. How do you pronounce the acronym G-I-F? GIF. GIF. With a hard G. GIF. GIF. Not a GIF like the, like the peanut butter. No, because that's with a J. Okay. All right. <laughs> Next question, cats or dogs? Dogs, hands down. Do you have cats a dog? Do you have a dog? I'm not anymore. Okay. So I get the, whenever I meet dogs, I get that little, oh, cool, I wish I had a dog. And then I'm like, you know what? No, I don't wish I had a dog right now. <laughs> All right. In this, uh, in, in this sentence here, how many commas? The flag is red, white, and blue. 
two. Okay. So you do use the Oxford comma. Yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I'm not really like, I don't do grammar very well, but you know, I try. You, you did it right there. You did it very well. That is the, the correct answer. Anybody who, who says differently is a little off their game. So, all right. Last question. Is a hot dog a sandwich? Oh, I've never known the answer for this one. Let's I'm talk go it through. You. Let's talk it through. Let's, let's, let's okay. see what you got. So what is the def- definition of a sandwich? I was going to say like, but I think, okay, sliced meat in a sandwich, like in, in between bread. Okay. So, so you have the qualifier of sliced, sliced meat between bread. I mean, is there any other kind of meat you put in a sandwich? <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I guess, I guess that's correct. I mean, you, <laughs> you couldn't put a whole side of beef on a sandwich. I'd be, that's like Fred Flintstone size. Yeah. I don't yeah. think it would eat very well. Mm-hmm. Okay, so with that definition in mind, is is a hot dog a sandwich then? Does it qualify? I'm going to say no. Only if you slice the hot dog then, I I would think. Yeah, Yeah. if you slice it in half, you could make it a sandwich. Okay. (laughs) All right. Uh, Let me do some quick math here. I'm going to carry the two. I'm going to divide by root of three, multiply by pi, factor in the elevation of the Florida Trail, and you've got a solid score of 67. All right. 67. So is that disappointing or is that, is that, uh, it's about what I thought. Yep. About what I thought. Okay. So in your, in your real life, I mean, what, how would you score yourself uh, on the sanity scale from one to a hundred? Are you uh, about a 67 my, or do you, do you have a, a higher or, or lower score than that? I think my friends would say I'm insane. Oh, okay. So definitely sub 50 then. Yeah. Okay. And why would they say that? Uh, because I live in the woods and I sleep on the ground outside with the bugs. So see, when you said your friends, I assume that, that these are your trail family friends that, that have been out on the trail with you. These are your, your back home friends who don't understand what you do, why you do what you do. Yeah. I mean, whenever I first told them, they were like, what are you talking about? And then as I kept doing it, they were like, okay, well, at least you're happy. <laughs> <laughs> at least you're happy okay it which this is a, a great segue let's let's back up a little bit before we get too far down the trail let's uh let's talk about your background where you grew up what kinds of sports and hobbies you you did as a kid and how did you get involved in the through hiking cult because let's face it it is a cult any any organization that convinces you to uh live in the dirt for months on end uh has got to be a cult no no judgment i'm just you know that's what it is yeah um So I grew up here in Round Rock. I've been here my entire life. Um, I played sports since the age of four or five. I started playing soccer. And then I did that all the way up until I graduated high school, 18. And then, but during, in between that, I did uh, swimming, basketball, volleyball, track, track and field, cross country, pretty much anything that I could do. Um, I was, I loved being active. I loved playing sports and you know, having a great time that way. Um, but as I got older, I decided to focus primarily on soccer and swimming. And uh, I did really well in them until I decided to not go off to college for either one because I knew I couldn't afford to go off to university. I didn't want to pull out loans. I didn't want to be in debt forever. And so I'm really glad now that I just went to community college instead. So um, you didn't want to join the cycle of uh, debt repayment? No. <laughs> Yeah, I, my friend, uh, he, I saw, saw them, you know, pulling out loans, and they're like, "Yeah, I got like fifty thousand dollars in debt already." I'm like, "Uh, uh-uh, uh, I don't want that." <laughs> so yeah, I already planned on going to just community college for you know two years, and then go off to university, and then I was like, mm, "No," I also like fell into the, "Oh, let me just get a job and get an apartment and pay bills," and you know, eventually school went on the back burner and then I eventually went back. It took six and a half years to get my associate's degree, but at least I got it. Okay. Now as when you were swimming, were you a sprinter or long distance? Um, I did a little bit of both. Um, the team I was on, we did primarily sprinting. Um, there was a couple of like longer ones, but they were usually never more than a hundred or 200 yards. So. Okay. Swim cap and uh, nose plugs. Uh, just cap and goggles. 
just cap and goggles. Got it. Cap and goggles. Do sw- swimmers don't wear don't wear nose plugs? No, no. That's I don't know where I came up with that. <laughs> it's it's early here, so you know I, I we're, we're interviewing in a spot that I usually save for my European guests because <laughs> of the the time difference. But I know you've got to go to work, and so we made arrangements. I'm still waking up. I'm off my game a little bit. Uh, so oh, good. I okay. just woke up too. So. Okay. All right. And then soccer. What's what position in soccer? I play primarily forward, usually right. Um, occasionally, I'd be third in the goal uh, if the goalie wasn't there, uh, but that was very rare. Okay. Now, goalies usually are, are pretty tall. Are you? Uh, are you tall? Uh, I'm five six, so I'm pretty average. Okay. Pr- pretty average, but insane. So. Yeah. Okay. All right. Now we mentioned we mentioned job. Uh, how how are you paying the bills to finance your your adventures out there? Uh, I work at restaurants, so I'll work for a couple months and then save up and work as much as I can and then just disappear again. And then when I'm like, okay, I need some more money, I'll go back to work and make some more money. Okay. Now let's talk about how you first became aware of the cult of through hiking. I mean, what's, uh, when did it enter your consciousness and when did you decide, Hey, you know what? That might be a good idea. Sleeping in the dirt, pooping in the woods. So I, in April of 2019, I had a job uh, and I ended up getting laid off from it. And so I had some free time and my dad had given me a book. And since I didn't have to go right work to right away, I was, I'm very frugal with my money anyway. So I had plenty saved up. And so I read the book and I was like, Oh, this sounds really cool. Um, it was called lost on the Appalachian trail by Kyle Rowig. And, uh, it's not, you know, the best like grammar and everything book, but I loved the story. And like, I felt like he was telling me his story. And so I just really enjoyed it. And so I just started researching about it and I was like, Oh, this sounds cool. I'm going to do it. And so I told my dad and my mom and they were just like, okay, sure. And, uh, but then I started buying the gear and then they were like, okay, you're serious. And so, and I decided in May of 2019, I'm going to do it. And then on March, 2020, I joined, I went to the trail. Wow. Does, does your dad regret giving you that book? No, no, we they, actually threw hiked it together. The two of you threw hiked it together. We did. Fantastic. Was that kind of his idea to kind of get you hooked by, you know, I'm going to give her this book and maybe there's something we can do. Uh, I don't think so. I think he just, he really enjoyed the book and he thought I would too. And I don't think he thought I would actually do it, but you know, I'm glad he gave me the book. And so how long were you guys gone on the trail? Um, well, because it was during 2020, our schedule, it technically our, it took nine months because we took three months off. So we got on trail March 5th and then this is where it gets a little weird. My dad only did four days because he had to go back to work. And then, um, I kept going and the hope was that he would come back out once he got his bonus in and then he would quit his job and then come out to the trail wherever I was. And then he'd fill in that gap after we finished. Um, but then COVID hit and on the 19th, I got off and went home and we stayed home for three months. And then June 23rd is when I got back on, but my dad got on about a week before to fill in about 70 miles that he missed before COVID had kicked me off. Mm-hmm. And then you guys finished the, uh, the whole thing together. We did. Yeah. That, that, that story had a lot of twists and turns there. You said your dad got four days and I'm like, well, that's really, that's not really hiking the AT, the whole AT. Yeah. Unless yeah. he's really fast. Um, but then you guys ended up completing it. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. I mean, what uh, what was the experience out there, father and daughter, uh, doing this tremendous accomplishment? It was, I mean, we were father and daughter, but I think it was more of, and we were just hikers out there together uh, that just happened to be related. And, you know, it, ne- it never was, oh, you can't do that, you know, or whatever. And it was just, we did what we wanted. And, you know, we just got to have this amazing experience together. And did he pick up a trail name? He picked his own. He picked his own. That's not allowed. No, it's not. I tried to give we my our original tramley, the first one that we had. Uh, we all tried to give him something, but he was like, "No, I like my my name." His trail name is Kenbo. Um, so basically, his name is Kenbold. So, Kenbo. Yeah. We tried to give him uh, the beast because when we were getting our AT tags. I signed up and got 665 and then he signed up right after me and got 666 
So we tried to give him the beast or the devil or something like associated with the number, but he just wouldn't take it. But now he says he kind of regrets not, you know, taking it or and picking his own. But, you know, maybe if he, he does another trail, he can get a new name. Uh, that was going to be my question. Has he done any trails since? Um, he's done all of the New Hampshire 48. He did that last year. And then he's just been doing a lot of mountain biking. So he just he goes to Arkansas a lot, um, but he's not really any long distance trails yet. Okay. And what was camping and backpacking or hiking? Was that part of your childhood growing up? And was that a family activity you guys did? Uh, when I was really young, we did some camping, but then as I got more into sports, um, you know, I just, kind of, we, that kind of went on the back burner because I've every weekend was either soccer, swimming, volleyball, whatever sport the season was. So we didn't, re- we ended up slowly stopped doing that. And I, before the AT, I'd only done one backpacking trip and that was 10 years before. So no, it was not a part of my life okay. at all. So one backpacking trip, 10 years before, and now you're taking on a 2,200 mile trail. What were your, what were your expectations uh, heading to Springer mountain? What were you, what were you thinking? What were you worried about? I didn't think I was going to make it. Um, Cause you know, the statistics, you know, only one in four make it or whatever. And I was like, Oh, I, I was overweight and I just was like, Oh, there's no way I'm going to make the entire trail, but whatever I make, I'm going to be very proud of myself for at least doing it. But I ended up making the whole thing. And so I was really proud of myself because it's not easy. It's the physical aspect you get used to, but it's the mental side. That's the hardest part. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard that many times that uh, just as hard, if not harder is the, the mental game of uh, long trail through hiking. What would, what would Katahdin nugs whisper into the ear of Springer mountain nugs? How's it going? Little sister. <laughs> like, cause Springer's cool, but Katahdin's like top dog. So it's like, everyone right. looks up to, you know, Katahdin and everyone's like, Oh, Springer. Okay. But having, having at Katahdin, you'd finish the trail. And so you've got all the experience. You now know what it, what it took to do it. And, you know, you approaching Springer Mountain wondering, you know, am I going to be able to make it? You know, what kind of advice would you give yourself in that situation? If you, if you could have the, the Katahdin Nugs talk to uh, the Nugs that was approaching Springer Mountain. Well, so actually I didn't finish at Katahdin. Because oh, you of didn't? Her, no. Okay. So Katahdin was only my halfway point. Got it. Okay. So let me adjust my question. What would, what would uh, the finisher of the Appalachian Trail whisper into the, the rookie walking up to the, the first portion of the trail? Um, let's see. I'd probably say, I don't know. That's congrats. <laughs> You're going to do great. Okay. Um, at least getting out here is the first step. Because mm-hmm. um, everyone t- always talks about getting out there and how they want to do it, and then, but they never do it. So the fact when you get out there and step on Springer Mountain, like oh, you're actually doing it now. Right. Right. Okay. Now, what were some of the highlights from the AT? Some of your favorite moments out there? Oh my God. Katahdin, uh, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. But I loved the whites. I loved the like Tennessee and North Carolina area. That whole area was just beautiful. Just the views, I think. And then obviously the people I didn't get to meet most of my class because of the way we flipped around um and but even the people that we did get to meet like everyone is just so sweet and caring and wants to help each other and that was that was amazing and you and your dad did uh end up with a tramway we had a couple different ones because we flipped around so we had one when we first got out in march and then we had when we came back in june we linked up pretty quickly with another group uh, but unfortunately we had a bad apple in that one. And so our group slowly started, we all knew we were going to have to flip at some point. So we all started flipping at different points. Um, and then after we flipped, we had another small group that ended up getting bigger as we got further North. And then, but when we flipped and we're going South, we, we didn't really have a group. We had two people we linked up with towards the end, but other than that, we didn't really have anything for about a thousand miles. When we went south, bad apple was that his his or her uh, unofficial trail name? Uh, we can give it to him. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and what were some of the more uh, 
difficult uh, spot you found yourself in on the AT? What was maybe the most difficult state? Um, my dad would say Pennsylvania. I didn't think Pennsylvania was that bad because we had already done New Hampshire and Maine already. Mm-hmm. Um, I would, I'd probably say Georgia for me because I was extremely out of shape and I had, I was 170 ish pounds. So I, and carrying my pack for the first time with a bunch of food and water and gear. And so I was just dying the whole time, but like looking back, I'm like, the state wasn't bad. It's just, I was just extremely out of shape. Okay. And, and so hundred, 170 ish pounds, what'd you get down to when you, when you finished? 125. Okay. So a transformation. Yeah. Whenever I decided to hike it, I was 195 pounds. And so when I finished, I had lost almost 80 pounds. Ah, good for you. Good for you. Are you familiar with ginger balls? Uh, he's, he's a triple crowner and he was um, in the Navy. He retired as a, I think, Lieutenant commander. And he had also picked up a book along the way during when he was in the Navy about the AT. And he thought to himself, I'm, you know, I want to do the AT. So it's kind of a similar, similar story. And being in the Navy, he, you know, he retired and decided he's going to go down there and he shows up with, you know, three of everything because, you know, he, he, if one fails, he's got a backup. If that one fails, he's got a backup for that as well. So his pack probably weighed, you know, 80 pounds and uh, he showed up to, to Springer there and quickly learned that, you know, that was probably not the, the way to go. And his, his pack has evolved since then, but a very funny guy, a lot of similarities to your story, just kind of uh, learning as, as he goes and, and getting into shape there. Yeah. Learning sometimes just diving head first is the best way to do it, but it's not the best way for everybody. I wouldn't say, you know, Oh, just drop everything you're doing and just go do it. You know, like really think to make sure that this is what you are wanting to do and do your research and maybe do a couple practice hikes. That's what we did. Um, but being in Austin, there's no elevation. So we couldn't practice for that, but we got used to walking, you know, 15 miles a day. So that was, that was the only prep we did, which is walk. That's interesting. No elevation in Austin. And yet uh, the AT has a lot of up and down. I mean, it's, I think, I think people on the, on the West coast over here who are close to the PCT, you know, they look at the elevation you know, of the, the mountains in the AT and think, well, that doesn't compare to the Sierras. I mean, how, how hard could it be? But the people I've talked to have done the AT and the PCT, they say that, you know, the AT in terms of elevation is, is more difficult. Yeah. I've heard that too. I haven't done the PCT yet. It's on the list. Oh, it is on the list. Good. Mm -hmm. So how, how did you train for altitude then if you're in Austin? I mean, it's just a lot of, just a lot of walking. Yeah. That's, that's all I could do because I was also working five, six days a week. So I didn't really, I really didn't even have time to go on those walks. Um, but I did the best I could on my days off. Okay. Well, hey, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to, we're going to hear about the, uh, the Lone Star Trail, the Long Trail, and more recently, uh, the Florida Trail and the Arizona Trail. You've been busy. So stay tuned for that. We'll be right back. From the backcountry to the backyard, we believe everyone deserves the highest level of protection. Since 1984, Sawyer Products offers the best, most technologically advanced solutions for protection against sun, bugs, and water, using time-released liposome technology, topical insect repellents, and new standards in water filtration. And with every Sawyer product you buy, you are helping to provide clean water through 140 charities in 80 countries with their long-lasting water filters. Every Sawyer product you buy is an investment in our common humanity. Choose Sawyer and keep the adventure going knowing that their products have been tested and chosen by those who count on serious protection on the trail all day long. Six Moon Designs has been innovating ultralight backpacking gear for the past 20 years. With a wide range of products ranging from ultralight shelters to backpacks and accessories like their extensive line of trekking umbrellas, Six Moon Designs is sure to have a great piece of gear for your needs. With the company philosophy being that gear should aid one's experience, not define it, Six Moon Designs thinks the more time people spend outside the natural world, the better off this world will be. And remember, 
Go wild, live young. Want to make a podcast? Spotify's got a platform that lets you make one super easily, then distribute it everywhere, and even earn money, all in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. With Spotify for Podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's totally free with no catch. Since I discovered Spotify for Podcasters, I feel like my creativity has raised to another level. I highly recommend you give it a try. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com backslash podcasters to get started. And welcome back. We are talking to Kayla Bold, a.k.a. Nugs. Not nuggets, not chicken nuggets, but just nugs. Mm-hmm. And heard, heard a little bit about her, her time on the Appalachian Trail. Well, let's talk about some other trails that you've done. And I see here that you've done the Lone Star Trail, which I have to assume is in Texas. It is. It's just north of Houston in the St. Houston National Forest. Okay. There's a national forest in Texas. There is. There's also a national park, which well, I have not been I, to. So I, I, know, I know about the national park, but um, I guess I, I blame my geography teacher in, in school that I don't know that there's a forest in Texas. I think of, of just desert when I think of Texas, but that's, that's probably not accurate. Uh, if you're West Texas, yeah, it's very like desolate out there. But um, I think it's mostly when you're just in those big cities. And then other than that, it's just big open farmland grazing area and just nothing. Okay. And I'm probably going to get some hate mail from people in Texas, but uh, my apologies. I, I blame my geography teacher. It's okay. I don't know much about Texas either. And I've lived here my entire life. <laughs> okay. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Now, how long is the Lone Star Trail? Uh, it is 96.44 miles. Okay. And in, when it goes through uh, National Forest, I mean, are you in a, a wooded area for most of it? Is it a kind of a mixture of environments? Uh, there's, you're walking through the forest and then you're also walking on roads, um, pavement and dirt roads. I just kind of, it's not the most scenic trail. It's not the best trail, but being from Texas, it's like, I have to do this trail. Okay. And any, any unusual occurrences or exciting moments on the trail you'd like to share with us? Um, so we did it right after the Texas snowstorm of 21, where Texas completely had shut down. And we had luckily waited. We actually pushed back a little bit because of the snow. And I think we only pushed back like less than a week, but it was just enough to let the rest of it melt because we didn't want to deal with snow. And uh, so everything turned very muddy. And we're walking and we have to go in and out of these like little creeks and stuff. And on some of them, they were really steep to get in and out of. And on one of them, you just, I slipped into it and then I'm trying to crawl out of the other side and could not get my footing. And so my feet are just sliding. It's just watching like a cat try and run on tile or whatever, and just no movement. And, uh, basically just had to like dig my knee into a branch and trying to pull myself up. And I just was covered in mud after that, but it was, it was fun. It was a unique experience. <laughs> now, were you solo hiking at this time? I hiked it with a, a friend. And where was the friend while you were trying to scramble out of this, uh, this val this uh, little ditch here? She was videoing me. Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah. As at, that, that's appropriate. That's <laughs> yeah. Appropriate. It made a very funny video. Yeah. I was hiking with a buddy on Catalina and uh, it's an Island off the coast of California. And he went down face first, um, tripped on, as we were going downhill, tripped, went down face first and he's laying there face first in the dirt. Uh, and I said, hang on, don't move, don't move. And he, he froze and he goes, uh, is there a snake? What, what's happening? I said, no, I just need to get this picture. <laughs> so yeah, I, I can understand. I can relate to that. Yeah. All right. So 99 miles, Lone Star Trail, National Forest. Um, How many days did it take you? Uh, We did it in five and a half. Uh, We could have done it a lot faster because it's very flat. So you could just go. But we also didn't want to go back to work. 
So we just took our time and enjoyed it. One day we got, we had done, I think it was 15 or 16 miles by like one o'clock. And we're like, all right, let's just set up camp. And we just set up camp. And luckily we did because it started raining and no one likes walking through rain when it's humid. Okay. Now the 21 uh, snowstorm in Texas, that's, if I remember, that's when they, Texas did not have some of their uh, utilities working were some utilities shut down at that time and people were having problems, you know, heating their houses and. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was really bad. A lot of people lost power. A lot of people lost water. Um, I got very lucky that I was on the same grid as a hospital and fire station. So we never lost anything, but a lot of my friends lost power. Um, some people lost water as well. And unfortunately it was a very deadly storm. A lot of people died from it because they were freezing to death. That might be a pro tip. It's unrelated to through hiking, but uh, if you're gonna if you're gonna live somewhere where there's a possibility of losing power or water, live close to a hospital because that'll be the last grid they shut down, right? Yeah, they. I guess they have like a backup generator or have their own special grid or whatever. Um, so we just got real lucky with that. Okay. Now the Lone Star Trail was not the only trail that you did in 2021. You also went back up to the northeast and did the Long Trail. I did. Yeah. That was a great trail. Now there is some overlap uh, between the long trail and the AT. It's the first hundred miles, I believe. Mm-hmm. And so you redid that section again. I did. So, cause the first time I was doing the AT. So the second time I was like, Oh, I have to do it because I'm doing the LT now. And mm-hmm. I'm really glad I did because once you get to the second half, it gets a lot harder. So I had like that little warm up before the harder stuff. Okay. And it, was this a solo trip or did you go with a friend? I actually went completely solo, but I met my hiking partner on day one. Oh, okay. Yeah, we met at Com- camp that night. Complete strangers up to that point, prior to that yep. point? Never heard of him before. Okay, you want to give him a shout out? What's his name? His name's Peter. Uh, his trail name, well, his full trail name is Lady Wipes, uh, but we just call him Wipes. Lady Wipes, okay. What? Uh, what's the story behind Lady Wipes? So, uh he would get baby wipes in town and stuff. And unfortunately on one of them, he accidentally grabbed feminine hygiene wipes. And so he was like, these kind of smell like old lady or whatever he said. And uh, then he looked at the package. He goes, Oh, that's why these are feminine hygiene wipes. And so we just were like, Oh, lady wipes. Cause you have lady wipes. And, but to be nice, we just say wipes. wipes. Like that's most people, good. they have a full trail name and they ended up get, getting it shortened. Right. Like nugs. Yeah. Yeah. Wife's wife's is a good name. I like that. We, we had a guy with us uh, who earned the trail name skids. Oh, similar, similar, <laughs> similar area of the body, but a uh, different story. So <laughs> skids. Yeah. Um, I had a great time hiking with him. He, you know, we talked a lot and got to really know each other really well. And now we're still friends. Awesome. Awesome. Now, how long did it take you to do the long trail, which is about what, 273 miles, if I remember? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we finished on the 21th day. The 21th day? 21st day, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> the tw- I like the 21th. I'm going I'm to use that. All right. The 21th day. That's awesome. I said that the other day, too, and I was like, that doesn't sound right. And then I said it again, and I'm like, that really is not right. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. And what was your favorite part of the, the long trail? Oh, um, I'd probably say Mount Mansfield the view up there was just gorgeous and because so we there's like three like really main big peaks that people know um camel's hump mansfield and j peak and we only got views on mansfield so i was really happy we just got the view on that one because apparently that one's like the best view okay and if i'm not mistaken the long trail is the is america's oldest long long uh through hiking trail it is it was the inspiration for the at as well Okay. All right. And then along comes 2022. Uh, some guy reaches out to you and says, Hey, do you want to come on a podcast? And you said, yeah, that'd be great. I'm going to, I'm doing the Florida trail and maybe we can do the interview from the trail. And that, that never happened. Um, yeah. Trying to coordinate with town and knowing yeah. when I was going to be in town. Just it, that's a logistic nightmare sometimes. <laughs> yeah. I have, I have a couple of guests that are currently, I should guess potential guests who are currently out on the AT and on the uh, PCT. And we've definitely, you know, they've seen the episode outline. I've got 
you know, it's all set up. We just need to find a time where they're in town and I'm at my desk where I could, we can do a, an interview. So I, I, I can appreciate the logistics, but tell us about Florida. Um, so the Florida trail is 1100 miles or so goes from the bottom of Florida all the way up into the panhandle. And so you start at just North of the Everglades in big Cypress national forest or national preserve. And so when you first start, you're walking through a swamp. Um, it used to be like 30 miles of water, but at this point, I think it's now just like when we did it, it was, I think it was 11 miles of straight water. Um, maybe nine, something like that. Now, what does that um, mean? Straight water? Where you're walking through water for nine miles. Yeah, no, no break. How, how high up does the water come on you? Um, probably about shin. Okay. Sometimes it can be, you know, ankle. Sometimes it can be knee. I guess it just depends on how much water is out there at the time. There's two islands that you can camp on in, in that section. Uh, but just getting from one to the other is extremely difficult because slogging through water and you, you get tired and you have nowhere to sit because there's water everywhere. And the, the way the trees are, you can't just like sit on a tree. So that was, that was pretty tough. What kind of impact does that have on, on your hiking experience? Um, it was, I, since I knew it was going to happen, I just kind of, you know, just took it and just ran with it. Uh, but yeah, it was definitely exhausting physically and mentally because, you know, walking through water with sand constantly being in your shoe and you having to try and dump your shoe because there's too much sand in it. So you're, you know, getting either going to get a blister or a hot spot or whatever. But I never, I only dumped my shoes like once because trying to stop and balance and dump it was a little too difficult, <laughs> but you know, it wasn't, it wasn't awful. There was a worse section further North that I, I don't think I would do again. Okay. I'm, I'm, let's put a pin in that. I want to hear about the worst section, but before we get there, did you, did you ever find yourself hiking in, in water that was like waist deep? Yep. That section that we're going to talk about. Oh, okay. All right. Mm -hmm. Because my, my, my mind always goes in Florida. When we talk about Florida, my mind always goes to gators. Yeah, not the kind so, of gators, not, not the kind of gators you put on your, on your, your trail runners, but the, uh, the, the kind of gators that'll take a, take a chunk out of you. Yeah, we saw them. So when you first start, you start at like a, the visitor center and they're, they have gators right there, but there's fences and stuff. So you can't actually get to them or they can't get to you. Um, but I didn't see any gators until probably mile 35 or so. It was after the big Cypress and where you, you start walking on these really long canals and you would just see them in the water there. But the closest I ever got to one was right outside St. Mark's. And it was just, we were walking on this old uh, forest road and it was just in the ditch in a little puddle. So he, I think he was a little angry because there was no water near him other than that little puddle. So, other, but he was also only probably four feet big. Like he was, he was small. So I don't think he would have done too much damage, but okay. yeah. now, you know, we've all heard of, you know, bear safety, what to do when there's a bear, you've got bear spray. We've, we've heard uh, a little bit here and there about, you know, what to do if you encounter a moose uh, out there in Wyoming or Montana, uh, what, what was your plan if you encountered a gator? I did not have one um, because everything that I've heard, gators really don't really want anything to do with us. So they're kind of like bears where they're like, oh, people. And then they just go underwater or they'll run into the water if they're out on the bank or whatever. So I didn't, I wasn't too worried about the alligator. At first I was, but then as people were like, oh, you have no problem. I was like, okay. I like that anxiety went away a little bit. And even with the, like, there's also water moccasins out there and you know, you're walking through water a lot. And that was more of a out of sight, out of mind. Don't think about it because you know, they're in there. So that, I just, that's, was my approach with those kind of things. That's how I try and get through my day to day. All my, yeah. my phobias and fears. I just don't, just don't think about it. Don't worry about it. You know, out of sight, out of mind. Okay. Let's get to the, to the, um, the bad part of the Florida trail. So that section is called Bradwell Bay and it's really pretty. Um, unfortunately that section flooded after, I think it was a hurricane had hit and then, 
some like like they were cutting down trees and so those trees were actually helping hold some of the water so the water wasn't that bad um, but when they cut everything down you know there was nothing to hold all that water so it just flooded the entire area um, so we would have to um, sometimes we it, when you're walking you're walking through mud with water and then you'd be walking and then all of a sudden you'd be dropping down to your waist. And that happened to me several times where people in front of me would be walking at their shin, me, and then all of a sudden I would walk and then I would drop down to my waist because I just happened to hit the one spot where there was a mud, like little gap or whatever. And that, I think that section was only like six to eight miles. And, uh, but it's exhausting. So we camped shortly before it and then camped a little bit after um, I think we only ended up doing like 14 miles that day, if that, just cause that section we knew was going to be so bad. There, I actually ended up falling like into the water where we were standing, trying to figure out where the trail was cause we couldn't figure it out. And I lost my balance and I keep my phone in my fanny pack and it was on the outside pocket. And first thing I did, I was like, I'm losing balance. And I like threw my, like had held up my phone into the air and my friend, or well, actually my boyfriend now, uh, Flush, he grabbed my phone to make sure my phone wouldn't get wet. And so, but yeah, my pack got wet. And luckily my uh, sleeping bag did not get wet at all because that's at the bottom of my pack. And I got real lucky. I could have gone completely into the water and everything would have been wet. Okay. A lot to unpack right there. A lot of good information. So I, I can imagine you uh, walking with your, your tramway and everybody else is shin deep. And next thing you know, you're, you're waist deep. That's like, that sounds like something out of a cartoon. Yeah. It, it was fun. Like we had a great time walking through there. It was me flush festival. And then I think that's when we met Squirberg. He was there as well. And it was just us four walking through and I'm glad we were all together because that would have not been fun to do alone. And that does, it seems problematic that the trail is underwater. I mean, how do you, how do you keep track of the trail? Are, are there markers on the trees? Yeah, they use orange blazes. Orange blazes in Florida. Yeah, but sometimes they're spaced out just enough where you can't see because it's all, the trail's underwater. So you don't really technically know where you're going. Mm-hmm. I would, we actually, one of our family members, Jason, um, out and about, he had to do it in the dark. Um, and when he showed up at camp, we were just all so excited. Cause we like, he was having really bad trouble with his feet and he was trying to get new shoes that day actually, but there's no service out there. So he was having a hard time coordinating with his friend to bring out the shoes. And then also his friend couldn't even drive in because it was so sandy. So his truck was going to keep getting stuck. Um, so, but yeah, he took forever to get through just because he was having trouble walking and with the water and it being dark, but he, he made it through. Okay. Now I know we talked about gators earlier, but still walking in waist deep water, or, or I guess you fell into waist deep water. Maybe it wasn't waist deep all the time, but you know, the deeper the water, the more, the higher, the higher my fear would be about gators or, or water moccasins. I didn't, I hadn't even thought about water moccasins. Now I'm, I'm, I'm even more <laughs> petrified. I don't, I think the gators didn't, they don't really want to be in that section because there's just too many trees they have to navigate around and they prefer big open bodies of water. So we didn't really have to worry about them there. Okay. And also we, we have kind of a revelation here about flush. (laughs) Uh, Flush is now your boyfriend. He was a hiking partner. Now, now he's your boyfriend. Congratulations. I I mean, as we're talking right now, uh, it is May, 2022. When, when did you do the Florida trail? Um, I started January 5th. He started the 6th. Um, and then we all finished on March 8th. Okay. So this is a recent development then boyfriend, girlfriend, congratulations. Thank you. And how did, how did flush get his name? Um, so after the first swamp area, the big Cypress, uh, his shoes were full of sand and mud and stuff and the water spigots outside the rest stop were off or broken and, so he needed to wash out his shoes. So he flushed them in the toilet, used the toilet water to flush out his shoes. And he was like, well, I flushed twice. So he, his full train name is Royal Flush, but he hates the Royal part. So we just call him Flush. I'm noticing a trend with your, your Tramley trail names there. We got yeah. wipes, we got Flush. Is there anybody else that falls into that category? Oh, with the name being shortened? Well, not shortened. I mean, and also, you know, related to, you know, 
bathroom activity? Uh, off the top of my head, I think that's, that's it, but okay. I'm sure there's probably another one. Yeah. Yep. Now top three topics, top three topics out on the trail. What do you guys talk about most often? Uh, food, mm-hmm. um, wanting to take a shower and do laundry. Mm-hmm. That's probably usually the once you, cause especially in Florida, since it was a wet, it was wet and then humid. And so your clothes were just sticking to you. So they'd be so sweaty and gross. And I wanted to do laundry all the time. And normally like on the AT, I was just like, oh, whatever we can do it if we want to. But on the Florida trail, when I got to town, I was like, my clothes stink. I need to do laundry. So. Well, yeah. that, that might be the third trail name there. I mean, not, not you, but you know, maybe you have wipes flush and stink. I mean, that would, that'd be quite the oh, trio. We uh, actually linked up with a guy around mile 700. His trail name was stink pickles. Stink pickles. Yeah. Wipes, wipes, flush and stink pickles. And again, I guess that, that could be shortened to either stink or pickles, but stink pickles. I mean, that's like the complete package. That's, I, I don't know how you could shorten that name. Yeah. Well, we call them stinky pee sometimes. So Stinky pee. I mean, you can, you could go with asparagus, uh, in that, in that respect. I don't eat asparagus. So, Oh, well then you got, you missed my joke because if you eat asparagus, your piece, your pee smells funny. Oh, well I wouldn't know. Stinky pee <laughs> it comes full circle. No, okay. I don't, he told us a story about how he got his trail name. It had something to do with him working at a camp initially and it emerged from there, but I don't remember that one. Okay. And then the Florida trail was, was not enough for 2022 and you decided to take on another trail. Yep. I, I originally planned on doing Arizona in the fall. Um, but once flush and I got together, I decided I was like, oh, I can push up to the spring. And so we went over to Arizona and did that trail. Okay. And it had, was, it was pushed up to the spring because he, he had already planned on hiking the Arizona trail earlier. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. And you decided so to keep it. a, keep a good thing going. I did. Yeah. I was like, eh, maybe something will come of this. And like, we were already together and then, you know, things just got even better after that. Okay. And is flush, does flush make any appearances in your Instagram photos? Oh yeah. He's, he takes most of them for me and then we're in them together as well. Okay. I'll have to go back and take a look there. See, see what flush looks like. And so what, tell us about the AZT. How long is the AZT? Um, it is just under 800 miles. I think it is now 77, um, if I'm not mistaken. And it goes from the Mexico, Arizona border all the way up to Utah. Okay. And I know that most people, uh, probably like me, in, in my, my opinion of Texas, think that Arizona is pretty much a desert, but we know that it's not, I, I know that it's not just a desert. There is some actual elevation <laughs> in Arizona, uh, some pretty cool areas. So what, what kinds of different environments did you go through on the Arizona trail? Uh, I too thought it was all desert, no elevation. Um, I mean, I knew there would be, but I didn't think it was going to be like it was. Um, so yeah, definitely hot, barren, um, no tree cover, hiding behind cactus sometimes. Um, and then you get to sections where it's just, you're walking through a forest and you're like, where did this come from? Uh, once you get about halfway, it, it changes out of the desert into just the pine forest. And then you get, once you get closer to the Grand Canyon, it turns back into that desert. And then you leave the Grand Canyon and a little bit more forest, a little deserty. Uh, so we had a great time. It was really hot in some, some points. So we would have to take really long siestas. Um, I can handle the heat a little bit better than flush can he, with him being from Ireland. He's not used to extreme heat. So, uh, yeah. So we would take, there was one day we took an eight hour siesta because it was just, it got too hot. Flush is from Ireland. I'm, 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 we're learning more and more here. Yep. So where, where in Ireland? Um, he's about an hour North of Dublin. Okay. And is he in the States now with you or is he, is this a long distance relationship? It is now long distance, unfortunately, um, but he's actually in Canada on a two-year work holiday visa, so he's not that far. Okay, what what part of Canada? Uh, Vancouver. Okay, any any hiking adventures up there that you, the two of you are planning? Um, well, I can't go till September to go see him because I'm going back up to Maine to work at Shaw's Hiker Hostel. So um, at that point, it's going to be a little cold, but I'm sure 
I'll, you know, we'll find something, but I'll, we'll be working while we're there. So. Okay. And what, what will you be doing at Shaw's hiker hostel? A little bit of everything, cleaning, um, doing laundry, shuttling, hopping out in the gear shop, pretty much anything that is needed at the hostel. We're all doing. Okay. And and where is that located? A Monson, Maine. It's just before the hundred mile wilderness. Okay. Nice. And how did you line up that gig? Did was that part of, uh, did you make that connection when you were on the, on the trail last year? Yeah. So I, I stayed with them. Well, I stayed with them in 2020 and I really enjoyed my time there. And then last year I really wanted to work at a hostel over the summer and be in the hiker culture. And so I just was like, you know what, I'm just going to try it. And so I emailed them asking if they needed help for the season. Um, obviously it was needing something a little bit paid. And, um, initially I wasn't, I was doing work for stay. Um, but it just ended up getting so busy that they ended up paying me earlier because they needed the help so much because I was just doing pretty much everything that paid employees were doing. And yeah, so it ended up working out really well. And then I asked if I could come back for the season and they, they said yes. And yeah, so I'm there again this season. And fortunately it'll be my last season for, I don't know how long. And why do you say that? Uh, because I, next year I plan on doing the CDT. Oh, okay. So that was going to, that was going to lead to my next question. What's next for, for nugs. So the CDT is next. And after the CDT, and once you have two of them done, I mean, don't, don't you have to do the third one? Yep. So hopefully if, if money goes well, then a PCT in 24, but we'll see what, what life brings. Okay. So I'm going to ask you to put on your, uh, your um, clairvoyant hat here. Uh, 10 years from now, what is nugs doing? What's life look like for nugs in 10 years? Uh, hopefully still hiking. Um, I would like to do some international trails. So hopefully by then I'll have done that or I will be doing that. Um, yeah, just adventuring and living the hiker trash lifestyle. Hiker trash lifestyle. Now the, the secret to hiking when you're 80 is that you, you never stop doing it. You just have to keep going. Yep. That's what Nimblewill said. Just keep going. I was just gonna, <laughs> I was just going to mention Nimblewill. He just, you need, you never stop. And that, uh, there you go. That's how you get to hiking uh, long trails when you're 80 years old. Yeah. I met him when I was working at Shaw's last year and super nice guy. Does he have any social media? No, no. no. I've, I've been trying to figure out how to get him on the podcast, but I don't know how to, <laughs> I don't know how to reach him. So um, try reaching out to the Penhody Outdoor Center there. Um, they know him and they're really good friends with him. They actually helped him. They were his, they supported him while doing the AT. So. Okay. Fantastic tip. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Hey, Nugs, you know where we are? Where? The pro tip insight of the week. That's right. Half calf. We are at the, that time of the episode where Nugs is going to share some trail wisdom with our listeners. What do you have for us? All right. Um, filter your water. <laughs> um, no, just if you, when you're out there, just take it all in, enjoy it. You never, you never know what you're going to get. So just be open to everything. Don't just, if you're like, Oh, I don't think I'll like that. No, just try it. You never know. Like I didn't know I would like, you know, hiking. I didn't know I would like backpacking, sleeping outside and I just did it and I enjoyed it. Um, and just be completely open to everything out there. So okay. great pro tip. So there you have it. That's it. This episode is just about in the books. Hope our listeners enjoyed our time with Nugs. Want to thank her for joining us this week. Nugs, how can our listeners keep up with you on social media and where can they find updates on your latest adventures? I'm only on Instagram. So you can follow my journey and that's where I post everything. Uh, so my Instagram is Kayla.bold. Kayla.bold. And what a name. Last name Bold. I mean, did that Im- impact uh, your outlook on life growing up? Uh, I mean, maybe subconsciously. Think, yeah. Do you think Kayla Timid would be a different person than, than Kayla Bold? Well, the funny thing is I was, I'm very introverted typically, but th- this lifestyle has actually brought, made me a little bit more extroverted. And I still have my introvert moments where I'm just like, I don't want anything to do with people. I get drained easily sometimes, especially in, out here in the, the real world. Um, but 
yeah. So I'm, I'm more open and, you know, extroverted while I'm in a hiker, I guess, life. Right. Right. Yeah, well, you're comfortable there. I think, yeah. I think once when we're in, when we're in places where we're comfortable, you kind of the real us comes out a little bit. So. Yep. I, right. I agree. Okay. Remember to check out the pod on social media as well. We're on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And if you have comments or clips you want to share, you can send them to me at John at gmail.com. The adventure media recommendation. Kayla, I'm also looking to you to share a recommendation for a book, a movie, documentary, uh, some kind of adventure media that keep our listeners connected to the trail, calling this our adventure media recommendation. What do you have for us? Um, I'll, the book that inspired me to do the AT, Lost on the Appalachian Trail by Kyle Rowig. That the, book, book. the book that started it all for you. Yep. Nice. Okay. What, what year was that written? Oh, uh, I don't remember. I think he hiked in 2014. So I'm assuming shortly after that. He's okay. written several books because he's done several trails. Mm-hmm. If you like that one, I have another one for you. Have you read The Unlikely Through Hiker? No, but it's on my list of books to read. Derek Lugo. Again, another guy who has a similar story to you. He, he didn't put on his pack, his fully loaded pack for the first time until he was at Springer Mountain and he had never mm-hmm. hiked anything before. I mean, I know you did a backpacking trip 10 years before, but he had never done anything like this and just said, you know what? He read a book. He says, this sounds interesting. I'm going to do this. And he went down there and did it. And he's, again, it feels like you're out there on the trail with him. He does a really good job of kind of conveying what's in his mind and, and how he takes it all in out there. So great book. have we not asked you okay half calf and her that's my youngest daughter by the way and uh, she helped me out with the transitions here and she she likes to put on like a a british accent or i'm not sure if it's british or australian or new zealand or south african now i mean (laughs) it's just out of control there but uh, before we wrap things up we've got just one more segment for you called what have we not asked you that you're dying to tell us about um i think when I hiked the AT, I was in a, like when I first decided to hike it, I was in a really low spot and hiking the AT has actually, I think saved my life and hiking in general now is just like, it's my therapy and I'm very open with my struggles and my recovery of everything. And I don't know, just hiking has been so helpful for my mental health. And if you're struggling, you know, hiking just, just try it. It's good for your mental health. Now, Nugs, here we are at the last segment, and I'm just now finding out about struggles and uh, mental health. I mean, this, these would have been some 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 good information to discuss at length. Yeah, it's uh, I'm I'm always open. Like, if people ask me questions about anything, I have no problem answering. Okay, because um, everyone struggles and. You know, sometimes you just need somebody to, you know, relate to. And I, for a long time, I was thought I was alone and you're not like other people are struggling. It might be not the exact same way, but they can understand a little bit. Right. So I, if anybody ta- needs, you know, to talk, I'm always there. Fantastic. Now, w- w- because now I'm just learning this, uh, we're going to have to schedule another follow-up interview uh, either from the CDT or after the CDT. All right. I'll, I'll, I'll work some more, some more conversation points in there about that. Sounds good. I'm looking forward to it. Okay. That is a wrap from the John freaking your studio. Any shout outs to friends and family nugs? Um, first my parents, because they're my biggest support. Um, very thankful for them to always be here for me and send me a box of whatever, if I need it. Um, obviously big, big shout out to Kenbo. Yep. Kenbo. <laughs> Um, obviously my boyfriend, uh, so we've had great adventure. We hiked 2000 miles together. So really excited about that and everybody else and the family that we had on Florida and Arizona, we were alone. So, uh, but we did meet, you know, some cool people out there as well. So, yeah. Okay. Well, thank you for tuning in. Always remember the trail is the trail. It doesn't care if you want to go downhill. It doesn't care if it's almost dark and you're looking for a campsite. The trail is the trail. Embrace the suck.
wild game in wild places. Tune in to Hunt Stand Presents Saturdays at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. You'd think, with four of us spread out on a tiny island, that the task of tagging a whitetail would not be a big thing. But, as I've learned, no matter where I've been, whitetails can be damn tricky. Pursuing wild game in wild places. Tune in to Hunt Stand Presents Saturdays at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.